I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, hello. It's another episode of Is It Just Me? The podcast that puts the frankly ludicrous sometimes topics front and center and gives them the importance that they deserve and the respect, James Williams. Hello, everyone. And I'm Joe Elvin. I'm the other one. It isn't just us, thank God. Today we are joined by the amazing food writer and broadcaster and purveyor of fine raspberry baked cookie treats. It's Miss Rachel Koo. Yay! How are you? I'm good, thank you. Considering I only had five hours sleep, you, you look don't... amazing on it. Well, and you managed to bake because Rachel has brought us into biscuits already. She's our favourite guest ever. She brought us food. Did you swerve into Waitrose and <laughs> dust them up a little bit? And... They would look better if they yeah, were yeah, from yeah. Waitrose. <laughs> so you've literally arrived this morning from Sweden. Last night, but oh, I got locked night. out of my flat. Didn't get into the flat till midnight, and then I had to get up at five because I had a six a.m. interview. And you no and no sick note. You're still here on time. I and she brought biscuits. She's a pro. Well, it's important, no? Oh, yes. Well, it's very exciting because <laughs> you've got a new book out this week. I do indeed. It's yeah. been three years. So the Little Swedish Kitchen, I'm quite nervous about this. Why? <laughs> because this is the first book which doesn't have a TV show to accompany it. And it's but it's f- had two amazing features in yes. a, a little magazine I know. I know. <laughs> called you magazine. magazine. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Beautiful features yeah. that I feel and very I, that, fortunate. You're done. You're set. I know. Yeah. Jamie Oliver, forget it. You're going to be on the no Who? seller list. <laughs> yeah. I actually went to Jamie Oliver's offices the other day. Oh, did you? It's a really nice setup up there. Very I nice. know. Yeah. I know. It's very fancy. Yeah. Mm. I'm not anyway, enough of that, Jamie yeah, Oliver anyway. guys. <laughs> so yes. So I guess that is nervous, but. So, but I mean, what I love is there's obviously a bit of you know, you know, fusion because we had Mm. the little French kitchen. Do you just like little kitchens, basically? I do like little kitchens, but for me, it's more the mentality that you can have whatever space you have, whether it's small or big or whatever equipment, you can still cook delicious food. And I always look at food at way you write recipes that are approachable and accessible. And doesn't matter what background, what you like to do, it's you know. The food is there to enjoy. It should yeah. be a pleasure. And that's what I go... That's my mission when I write cookbooks. 
And so obviously this, I'm guessing, is a sort of change of pace and change of flavour in terms of obviously it's now embracing Swedish food, right? Yeah, exactly. So I moved to Sweden several years ago because um, I met a Swede. Not the vegetable kind. No. <laughs> uh, probably a very handsome kind. I, I find Swedish <laughs> people... Tend to be, they There's no br- ugly ones. No, they're very good looking, aren't no. they? And the kids, oh my goodness. Yeah, if you, you ever get on a bus... Well <laughs> yeah. Beautiful children. So, yes, I've been living in Sweden. I've been trying to learn the language. Is it difficult? Um, so I speak German and French, so this is language number four. So I think it has She's such helped. an underachiever, isn't she? That's really impressive. And you probably speak Australian as well, don't you? I have been out there many, many a time. So, so you met a Swede. But were yeah. you familiar with Sweden before you moved there? Not really. So it was... A, like eye-opening and especially when you move to another country it's how do you discover a new place you know how do you integrate into society because when you're a foreigner you very much live in a bubble especially if you're just visiting and and you don't speak the language yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. although I must say Sweden in comparison to France everybody speaks English mm. whereas in France like uh quoi uh tu, tu sais quoi je, je, je ne comprends pas it does make us terribly lazy <laughs> how dare <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, what you just said I it's think, all about the yeah. look and the yeah nasal thing and then you've got French dance so yeah. when I first moved to Paris I just spoke English with a French accent <laughs> and it worked the Joey Tribbiani <laughs> French language <laughs> yeah but we are very like well you know it's that weird sort of we do go anywhere in the world and pretty much everyone does speak English mm. does make us slightly lazy doesn't it but I mean you know, but good for you're still trying to learn the language I am I'm struggling I speak at a level of a two year old and the thing is when you read a language like Swedish you can't even work out what the words might be you can kind of with Italian and French sort of there's they're very similar to their English counterparts a lot of the time yes or at least you could find like Spanish French Exactly, because the Latin, the Romans obviously influence, whereas Swedish has the Germanic roots, Mm. so it's slightly different in the way it's built. But that's where my German has helped a lot, I think. And is it Lingophone, or are you going to school? No, Duolingo (laughs) app. No. That's what people keep telling me it's about a, this, and I'm just too lazy to try it. Oh, you really? just five minutes every day. It's idea. You just do five minutes every day and build up. Um, oh. But obviously, I took a few lessons, and then all my Swedish relatives, like the older ones who live in the countryside, they're the ones who like really sit you down and have patience to correct you oh, and stuff them. like that. Correct so. you in a nice way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So has it been a dual thing? So you've been discovering the language and then the food at the same time. Yes a bit of everything See, I mean obviously being an, a, now a, a, an adopted Brit I just think of um, Ikea's meatballs that's <laughs> yeah. all I think about yeah, yeah well that's understandable because even my relatives in Singapore they went to Ikea to eat the meatballs really it's nuts that lingonberry is it lingon you have lingonberry jam, jam with it yeah, yeah and mashed potatoes and pickled is uh, that very Swedish oh my goodness even at kindergarten they eat um, meatballs every week right okay yeah and what else? What is archetypal Swedish food? Um, it's all the like the pickled food, the mm. brine food, the preserved fish. Food. Yeah, fish. A lot of. I mean, the seafood on the west coast is amazing. You know, you've got all the shellfish. But yeah. they love a really fishy, salty herring, don't they? <laughs> yes, I'm they not do. So down with that. <laughs> yeah. I was that. I could really tell by the tone yeah. of your voice you weren't really on board. Meatballs. Um, but then yeah. they have the slightly milder with a creamy sauce yeah. and dill and. But lettuce. I love dill. I love dill oh. too. Yeah, some people yeah. hate dill I love dill it's, it's that slight aniseed note oh, some people I think are it's divine is there lots of so gravel axe and cured yes, meat yes yeah a lot of cured it's a cured fish. meat or cured fish cured fish so not so, so cured meat so gravlax because I now speak a little bit of Swedish grav means to bury and you bury the salmon in salt and sugar yeah. and that's how you cure it so you're burying lux is salmon 
So that's where the grave luck comes from. And it's a relatively... We're always learning. I know. Yeah. <laughs> and isn't it a quite a relatively healthy way of living? Isn't yes, it? Yeah, I mean, they have... Diet. Like, last year, there was this big trend after hygge, the Danish word, there was lagom, which is a Swedish word for balance. Or There's not a real translation, but that's the easiest way to translate it. So um, it's how you could say, oh, that's really lagom. So it's like Goldilocks porridge, it's just right. Right. And so the li- your, your life should be lagom. You know, you're not too stressful, not too laid back, just right. You know, um, dinner should be lagom. Or like your eating way, you should, you should enjoy, you know, sweet treats, but then have something wholesome. Kind of balance it out. Because I think you, I don't think of like Sweden being, like what would be a, like a Swedish dessert? Um, well, they, they're more fika. The coffee and bun culture. Oh. They love their cinnamon buns, the cardamom That's buns. That's the other thing I like in Ikea. Just the frozen... <laughs> the um, buns. Cinnamon danishes. Yeah. yeah. I love you yeah. bringing it all back to Ikea. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe we you, should have been I, sponsored by Ikea. But I do. I, I whiz around the hellhole of the crowds to get to <laughs> the food bit after the tills. I mean, you had you hot dogs last week. No, true. That's oh. really Swedish, eating well, hot dogs. <laughs> not, not ones out of the microwave, <laughs> vegetarian style in a fit of absolute despair <laughs> and which those hot dogs those particular hot dogs were eaten <laughs> they were they were good yeah but tell me what's i'm always fascinated mm. chefs cooks um what do you do are, do you have food hell or do you just have to kind of like everything somehow <laughs> when when no i have food food, for a living? food hell i did a lot of food hell writing this cookbook my husband said oh my goodness, how can you cook like that? He said, at one point he said, are you really a cook? I did some really bad things. (laughs) I was trying to make a really interesting cabbage soup. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, that's an Everest right there, isn't it? Interesting and cabbage (laughs) in the same phrase. Did it make it into the book? No, it didn't make it into the book. It was, yeah, that's where my husband questioned that I write cookbooks. That's amazing. But when I, when I, watch MasterChef and they're just sort of like chuffing down every and like for a start you know we've mm. already talked about I can't eat shellfish I'm allergic what do you do if you're a chef and you're supposed to be able to taste everything and you kind of push it to the side I mean yeah. I was filming this show in Australia when I was four months pregnant and it was a dessert show and I wanted to avoid the meringue and the egg whites mm. which weren't cooked so I would just like pick out the bit which was cooked and stuff like that um so but you did there's a trick to, yeah. to like but is there something you really just can't i'm not a big fan of foie gras oh. yeah. for someone who lived in france I that's know. almost like a heretic exactly <laughs> and then swedish surströmming which Ooh. is the the herring in the tin which is fermented and the tin um, bulges from the gases. I mean, oh, that sounds you, gross. you just said the words herring, fermented, and bulging. Gas. I mean, that's. And gases. <laughs> I don't like those sort of Germany um, sausages that look like someone's already eaten them. And they're just sort of like. The vice like, wash? Yeah, like all the things are like made up of like different components of meat. It looks like someone chewed it, <laughs> spat it out. And then rolled it into a sausage. Mm. Not, not having it. You're you, reselling that one. Yeah. I would honestly starve to death before I put that in my mouth. So yeah. if we were going to... What what do you think would be your hero recipes from this? I, I think I yeah. told you, Rachel, when we booked you to come on the show, I once made your chocolate mousse for my family and they still talk about it to this day. Um, so what would you say is like your hero recipe from the new book or the ones you're really enjoying making um, yourself at the moment? So there's one recipe and it's funny because it's cabbage related. <laughs> 
because what Just I love about that I know. cabbage happy. Yeah. yeah, but I, what I love about Swedish food in a cabbage farm. I should have. Yeah. I should have. Yeah. Maybe I am going to start a cabbage company. But it's you, Swedish food. Its history is you don't have a huge amount of produce because of where it's uh, lying geographically. So you had to be creative with what you had. So root vegetables, uh, potatoes, cabbage. And people tend to overcook cabbage, and it's always boiled, it's always horrible. So I do this, you slice a wedge of cabbage, you douse it in butter, you grill it so it's charred, so it goes caramelised, bit of, um, you know, like a mustard vinaigrette on it. So you have this charred on the outside, but slightly crunchy inside. So it's like a twist on a slaw, but it's got this complex flavour. But it's very easy to do, because you're just charring the cabbage and you kind of I'm here for that I've got to say she's won me over yeah totally that sounds gorgeous yeah Yeah. I think you're right I think it all comes down to I think British people are are very bad for this we you know we put our like Christmas veg on two weeks before don't we we are the kings of overcooking things (laughs) the Brussels sprouts yeah Um, so yeah I think that's right I think a lot a lot of veg in particular get a very bad rep because they've just been prepared really badly and, and you grow up thinking you hate broccoli yeah. or Brussels sprouts because exactly. you had the completely sort of like murdered version in your school dinners. Exactly. Yes, That's exactly. what I'm finding yeah. with my daughter. Yeah. yeah. Right, well, but then I have the one recipe which you're like, because if you go to Ikea and you get the buns, so if you always have any of those leftover buns, you slice it in half and then you line a bowl, you make a salted caramel sauce spiked with cardamom. Holy and shit. And you, you fold it into like a tub of ice, vanilla ice cream, stuff it on top, then you let it freeze and then you pour the rest of the caramel sauce on top and then you have like a cardamom bun bum. And then you just... <laughs> I think Joe's about to pass out. And, and just stick your head in that and remain there for seven days. Yeah. Book in a very large nap. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. You will need a nap. But well, that's like a really simple way. I might even have to put the way. curry pants on for those. <laughs> I mean, it's already sounding amazing. So basically, the book is The Little Swedish Kitchen. It's available right now so for all other kinds of... I mean, are there, some, there are some lighter things, I'm imagining. There, it's a whole <laughs> range. It's divided into seasons, starters, mains, desserts, for quick dinners or, like, entertaining friends. It's got everything in and, it. And super easy cakes that don't look like you've made them in a super easy way. Yeah, so like my I've, wedding cake yeah, is in there. I think we had a lot of um, emails over the weekend oh. about that piece and how much people loved it. Oh, that. fantastic. So, yeah. Thank you. I mean, your actual wedding cake from your actual wedding. Yes. So, I mean, if you get married and you're a baker, traditionally, you can't... You Like, you can't have somebody else make your cake, no? no. I don't know. I felt like I had to make my own cake. So I developed this yoghurt cake recipe, which you can make in advance, freeze it, made lemon curd, and then on the day it was a cream cheese-like frosting, um, and I had my assistant who finished it off. I was about to say, I love the idea that there you are on your wedding day, worrying about your cream cheese frosting. You, were, were you dressed at this point? In the no, dress? no, I yeah. was like, uh, I, I assembled it, I had everything listed exactly, and she was briefed. So on how to do it. Also, so, yeah. I have to say, I'm, I'm actually salivating while doing this podcast. It's, yeah, not, it's not ideal for, for radio or audio, I have to say. So we might stop talking about food, or otherwise I'm going to be drooling. No, we're time. not going to stop talking about food. We're going straight into a real bugbear of mine okay. on Is It Just Me? Are you ready for the first topic then, Rachel? I am indeed. Okay, let's do this. Is it just me who would make bananas illegal? <laughs> I hate those bastards. I hate the way they look. I particularly hate the way they look when they're being eaten. I really despise the way they look when they're being eaten in public on public transport. I think they smell 
Um, there's something about them that just turns my stomach. And then I just kind of feel really strongly that people should not eat bananas in public spaces, particularly on trains. They make the whole thing smell. And then quite often, then people leave their disgusting, ugly banana peel and litter with it as well. Somebody left a banana skin in my gym yesterday. Just literally I, just lying on a bit what? of equipment. Just lying on a bit of I'm equipment. I'm not joking. I don't think I could ever go back to that gym. That's how much I hate I bananas. Mean, it's a funny thing because we used to work with... Joe and I used to work with somebody, a girl called Corrie. Hi, Corrie, for listening. She lives oh, in America now. I bet she does listen. If she um, doesn't, we'll have words. Um, she better be listening. <laughs> yeah. uh, but Corrie is genuinely terrified of bananas. Like, and and when, when I... She was the first person banana I ever met. Banana-phobic. But she's a banana-phobe. Honestly, if I'm you... I'm terrified. If, if you wave a banana yeah. At this girl, she will run screaming and crying from the room. Like, so I think you're going to hit a bit of a, a, a bit of a, a sore point here because I think there's lots of people out there that really hate bananas. They just disgust me like more than <laughs> anything I can think of. <laughs> I don't know. Well, to be honest with you, I'm a bit funny about a lot of fruit. fruit yeah. There's something about um, that you know the, the sweet smell. Like, for instance, growing up in yeah. summers in Australia, my family's fridge was always full of. I don't know. I think it's is it called rock melon here? Oh yeah, the orange one. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh my god, that stuff stinks, and I think it looks disgusting. It's that borderline sweet slash rotting smell of fruit mm. that I I cannot handle it. The, the only fruits that I really don't mind are berries, but even them, if they're super ripe. I don't want them in my fridge. They so you're stick. anti-fruitarian. Yeah, but you, I guess so. But do you, some people aren't fans of eggs. Am I, am I a weirdo? Well, no, I was going to ask you, because do you, do you hate bananas in every form? Like, would you eat banana bread, for example? Yeah, I probably would if I hadn't yeah. had to sort of like heave my way through preparing it. Right, but it's something you a size And it's been cooked, yeah. and it's, it's almost like, I guess it's the equivalent of the people who don't want to know where their leg of lamb came from. <laughs> as long as it's sort of like, it, it's eaten and it's there. Well, yeah. no, but even like some people, they don't like eggs, but they eat ice cream and custard. Do you know what I mean? I think yeah. it's, it depends on the form you find it. And I mean, to be honest, I've always been a massive fan of bananas. I'm a big fan of fruit. I mean, sadly, I can't have them anymore because I've been diagnosed as pre-diabetic so I've got too much sugar in my blood so I can't and have them anymore. you don't need those evil bastards banana well, exactly. clogging up your arteries. And they are the worst yeah. for us pre-diabetics. Yeah. But, I mean, I will say, before that, I was a big fan of them. I'm, I'm, I think they're fantastic. Well, I do. Well, as Get like, out. as a, a, to- <laughs> yeah. a mum of a toddler, it's the easiest snack on the go like super simple you can't go wrong with a banana also I used to make nana ice cream which is oh, blew yes. my mind when I made yeah. that for the first time you say that about you can't go wrong with a banana and a toddler but um, oh. <laughs> you've got a story Trust. haven't you well I mean Evie was about 18 months old and sitting in a high chair and you know that thing when you're trying to multitask when you're sort of like you know even making a cup of tea is a huge Everest like feat when you're looking up all eyes on a toddler sat her in a high chair she was hungry. I cut up a banana into little slices. Look, brilliant. She's going to do that while I wash the dishes. That's fantastic. I had my back turned for about 20 seconds. And when I looked around it again, she'd individually shoved every single piece of that banana into her face at once. And so me, banana-phobe, having <laughs> suffered through, de-skinning, chopping up, dealing with the smell, my kid was going to choke. So I had to then fish out with my fingers all of that slightly mashed banana before it all went down the wrong way. You're almost putting me off them now. I hate yeah. bananas. Um, I mean, what... <laughs> Source of many misery of mine. It's, it's weird, those things. I mean, there are not that many foods that really 
set my teeth on edge. I mean, the one thing I really can't stand, and I hate myself for not being able to eat them, is oysters. Because people oh, love them, yeah. and they, they they feel so decadent, yeah. and they're just such but a they're treat. another thing that looks like someone's already eaten them. Well, I was I interviewed Kerry from Catatonia yeah. at one of my first jobs at Top of the Pops, and she once said to me that um, oysters are basically phlegm in a posh ashtray. I agree. <laughs> and I literally, <laughs> that has stuck with me oh. forever. Um and I just, but to be honest, I, I wasn't a fan of them before yeah. then either. And I just don't know why. I can't, I think it's more of a texture thing. I think yeah. that's what you've got with banana. Yeah. It's more it's the smell and, smell the, and smell the texture. And the idea with oysters particularly, it's like that it's still alive going down your throat. Yeah. Thing. And I don't understand if you don't chew it, what's the point? Yeah, so. Oh God, I actually did do a bit of a, oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh God. I mean, yeah. do, do you have like a, a food hell? Is there one thing you just cannot eat, Rachel? Um, I, I think I was filming this documentary for a BBC once and we were in the jungle in Malaysia with um, their, like, people, tribes people, and they cooked me jungle rats, uh, like curry. Wow. Actual rats? No, it was squirrel. Oh, okay. It was a jungle squirrel. Oh, that's all right then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which they, and it was a huge honour, you know, they um, like, gone to a lot of, the thing is, when you cook squirrel, you skin it. It looks like a rat. Yeah. Right. Well, I think it is. I quite often look at them in my garden and for a split second think it is a rat. And then you see the tail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. And yeah. so they will... But do they cook them whole? Well, they chop it up in oh. bits, but then they keep it all on the bone and they're stewing it's it and like they the pull the heads. in South America where they're like, their little hands and feet are and up. The claws. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, so I had to sit down and, you know... and. Enjoy the meal in front on camera. Honest to God, I would ha- abs- happily have that over a banana any day. Really? <laughs> any day. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. be my guest. I'll Honestly. do a swap with you. Yeah. 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 I mean, I hate to say it, I think there's going to be people listening who are going to agree with you because I, I have a few friends, not to the extreme that our friend Corey, who's terrified of them, but a lot of my friends are very anti-bananas and just don't like them. And I, I think you're right. I think it's, it's more litter. It's, it's the, the fact that people. Will... It's the antisocial fruit. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. don't. I went. I mean, I, I. I think I'm going to go on a right old high horse here, but I just feel like the litter situation in this country is getting worse and worse. And actually, Rachel, I was going to ask you, yeah. as somebody who's lived, I bet you in Sweden, you, do you notice when you come back here that the litter situation is a lot worse? I need to look hard. Because yeah. <laughs> I just think, I, I, I think when I travel around the world, yeah. I do not see people just chucking things on the floor or mm. you know, you know. Depends it, where you go. When I, I was in Paris last month and. I, there I got reminded about the I think dog. they're a little bit more cavalier. Oh, dog poo. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I forgot about that. That's really... But I mean, I mean like actual, like, like you said, the fact leaving a banana skin in a gym. Come yeah. on. That's, when is that? That's the height of disrespect. Also, if I was a gym manager, I would be on that CCTV, tracking exactly. down that member and literally threatening to bar I them. I think it's unforgivable. Yes. Well, there you go. Yeah. Well, look, if you are sat at home and you're literally doing an air punch saying, yes, Joelvin, she speaks my truth. I hate bananas too. Do or if you think I'm just mental, then just don't, <laughs> don't email. Well, either yeah. way, do email us because we love reading them. <laughs> either way, the good and the bad. Um, yes, email and you us. do read them as well. We do because I emailed. Rachel emailed us and that's how she's come to be sat here right now. So we do read them. You're going to get all email. these emails to people yeah, want to be on the show. Check and see if Madonna's done it. Yeah, Madonna yeah. keeps emailing. Yeah. 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 Uh, but yes send us an email we love reading them uh, it's uh, is it just me podcast at gmail.com and listen out for a shout out on a future show I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Is it just me that gets told quite often, you look really familiar? I have a theory about this because I often believe that you either are a person who looks like a lot of people or you look very unique and very different and, and like you're very much yourself because I have friends that never get this. But honestly, I will often be in a social situation and somebody, if I meet them for the first time, will say, have we met before? You look really familiar. Is there something weird, do you think, in just the, the breakup of some people's faces that means you tick more boxes and you've just got face up? I've got a very common face. <laughs> I think I, I get that a lot. I'm sure it's just because my face is quite average and it just looks like so you many other bits of other people. But as well, Rachel, you're off the telly, so that's a different thing. So I get a lot of tweets. People ask me, am I that actress from Game of Thrones? I mean, uh, that's a yes. good one. And then I remember when I was at art college, I had this guy who stalked me and he kept on saying, you look like Juliette Binoche. And I'm like... Uh, no. <laughs> These are all good gets. I know I'd, they I'd are. be happy with that. I want to firstly ask, would you ever go blonde? I don't And do know. a whole co- ho- ho- Khaleesi? I, actually, I was, when I was an art student, I was a hair model, and they, they cut my hair. It was a bit Alexander McQueen, where I got a weird, like, half haircut and dyed the bottom bit blonde, and then it went green and then blue. Yeah. Well, I hope they paid you a good amount no, of money No, I didn't get that. any, but I just got a free <laughs> meal. and a free I have got some oh, wow. photos somewhere. <laughs> the beauty of being a student, where you would literally just suck that up for a meal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're so broke when you're an art student, you know. And then I did some just hair. I yeah. know exactly. Yeah. I had a, even a pineapple haircut the once. It was like short, spiky at the top, and then like a little rat's tail on the side. Wow. <laughs> or was that again because somebody experimented on you? Well, yeah, because, exactly. Yeah. It was I don't like think you would have got a TV show in those days. No, exactly. But <laughs> yeah. I was on the cover of Enemy with that. Oh, that is cool. And really? I had to model for them like tossing a beer in in there and I, I really want to see this I don't know where that picture is you've got to track it down on Instagram like, I have to find it but um yeah I remember doing the shoot because I got on the tube smelling a beer and I was like <laughs> they like put a real beer in there and I was like I were people like stepping it. away for you going who's that love yeah exactly <laughs> especially it's like three in the afternoon what's going on there she's <laughs> living her best life that's also, living the dream I do not think you have to do Khaleesi for Halloween Maybe I you should. You need to do yeah. that. I think that could Where be. Where am I going to get my dragon from? Yeah, that, that could be tricky. Yeah. You'll have to fashion one out of um, icing. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah. Like icing. a little cake yeah, yeah, yeah. version. Come on, you're up to it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, because I, I mean, cause we've talked, I think, about like doppelgangers before, and I get, like I said, I think you are that person. I get told I look like lots of different people, mm. and then I have some friends that are never told they look like anyone. Well, so who's your celebrity lookalike? Well, I've had everyone. I've had everyone from Zoe Ball what? to Leonardo DiCaprio to Matt Damon to, like, you know, so I get a whole, you know, I get men, women, beasts. I only get, I, I get Tony Collette. Yes. And I, oh. I've been asked for Tony's autograph, particularly when I'm in Sydney. I bet. That and then, wow. and since we've both got blonde hair highlights now there were I must admit I've never really seen it but then there was about a year ago she was doing loads of publicity for a film with um, Drew Barrymore it might have been a bit longer ago and I for a split second looked at a picture of Tony Collette and Drew Barrymore and went when did I meet Drew Barrymore (laughs) and then I remembered that it was her but then this is like being really I to the point where then I realized I've got a whole um, branch of relatives from my mother's father who she lost touch with and I was like, even looking into, maybe Tony Collette and I are actually related. Yeah. Maybe yeah. we went and had this other secret family, but no. no. So yeah, yeah. I mean, do you ever have you ever like signed an autograph as somebody else? No, I haven't actually. I should do that. I always so. love those stories when you hear it, and I always love when they go, "Oh, I won't burst the bubble. I'll just sign it." The person yeah, exactly. You think I, I was think once at New York Fashion Week when the third time I was asked if I would give an interview to Us Weekly. <laughs> Because oh, they, because yes. Because they thought I was Tony Collette. And also, the Australian accent much stronger in those days yeah. as well. Yeah. I did think I could really have some fun here. I could say some terrible things and they'd be attributed to Tony Collette. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't. But yeah. <sighs> Missed I know. out. But no one ever says to you, you look really familiar. Then. Do you, do yeah, because I... When I'm not out doing PR, filming, that stuff, I can't be bothered with makeup. But also, is that really embarrassing then if you want to say, because nobody wants to say, well, I'm off the telly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, but it depends who I'm talking to when yeah. I go into the, like... But also, don't you find the whole fame thing has gone slightly different? Because obviously, there's this whole thing of yeah. being Insta-famous, and you yes. do have a huge audience. What do you... You've got, like, how many thousands of followers? Uh, 500? N- n- 240,000. <laughs> that, that's a lot. That's like millions. That's no. Hard. That means a quarter of a million people. Yeah, but that's not much in comparison to people who do a lot more than but me. But it's huge. It's really hard to get a lot of followers on Yeah. So like, yeah. Um, I still think that's quite so, a lot. You're, you're, and I do buy them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that's the other thing. Wow. But do you get a lot of people who maybe have now discovered you and it's totally, maybe not from the TV and they've, um, they've started discovering you on Insta? I don't know that. I don't, I'm not very good with my social media data. <laughs> okay. I'm like, and also I don't, my social media game, I'm not really on it like some other people. Mm. Like, I really struggle with, I know I should be doing more, I'm walking down the street, talking to the camera, sharing my life oh, who kind can of be thing. bothered? And I, and like, I, and, and I, I think I need to be doing this because that would help my following ratings or like posting about my life. And I'm very select on what I post about my life in Sweden. You Like my husband's never appeared, my baby's never appeared on there. And because I just... I can't bring myself to do it, you know? It's a full commitment. I think exactly. once, you, once you cross that line, it's very hard to go back. Yeah. Because, you know, you can probably at least have that thing whereby you can engage when you want to engage. Exactly. You don't have that thing whereby people are giving you a hard time if you haven't posted in two days. Yeah. Because that's what I find very puzzling about those. Those people that literally do go to that extent and, you know, they do do the Insta stories and they show that everything they do, everything yeah. they eat, every time they walk down the street or who they're married to... 
you know, once you've done that, people then feel like, okay, they own you. And yeah. mm. and you, you have to announce, if you're going on a holiday or if you're taking yeah. a break, you've got to say, I'm taking a break. Because if you don't, people get really irate about yeah, it. Yeah, I, like, I don't know. I mean, hats off to people who do it. I think that's great. I admire just, that commitment. Cause I'm yeah. just, you know. I think you and I don't have to lose any sleep over that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Happening anytime Although soon. Although there was one week, we, yeah. when we had went on holiday for a yeah. week, we had at least four tweets of people Yay, saying, where's what? the show this oh. week? Oh, so, that's you know, good. You didn't put your out of office on. <laughs> no, it's hard to do that with a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like, put a little sign up or yeah. something like, we'll be yeah. back Normal next service week. will resume. <laughs> There's a whole back catalogue to discover. Yeah. We'll just yeah. send in Tony Collette and Zoe Ball to yeah, do yeah, it yeah, yeah. instead. <laughs> Is it just me who feels I don't have a home city anymore? Well, you're just too glamorous, Rachel. Yeah, you're too international. So how many home cities are we talking? London, yeah. Paris... So born and raised in yeah. London, right? Yeah, but then I lived in Germany for a while when I was a kid, went to convent school in South Germany, and then I l- moved back to London, went to art college in London, and then Paris in my 20s, um, and now Sweden in my 30s. Mm. What's next? I know. But I did want to live in Sydney at one point. Oh, it's it was, too expensive. It was going to be the little Paris kitchen, or it was going to be The little Sydney, Sydney kitchen. And... Yeah. Paris won out. Yeah, exactly. Well, if you ever, when you need a potato peeler back in Sydney, let me know. Okay. I'll be there. Because <laughs> I, I, that's the thing. Sorry to interrupt. Right. I was, I, when I left Sydney, um, what was I, 21, 22, I thought I'd be in London two years. Um, it's now about 26 years wow. just gone. And you do, I don't know if you feel this, Rachel, and you, you well, you've come from Wales, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. it's the, you complicate things for yourself so much I've you know it was my daughter's birthday and my parents are very upset that they haven't seen her for ages you know it's like you don't realize I've got these I feel split in two all the time Mm. I'd love to live in Sydney again one day but as I get older and my daughter gets older I find that harder to actually visualize I mean Mm. I'm very I mean, this sounds so so, it's so weird, but I always say to people that like London's the big love love of my life because I remember coming to London when I was like four or five, and I, that was it. I loved it. it. There was something so magical about it, and I had relatives here, and we'd come up all the time. and And to be honest, when it came to things like going to university, I mean, I literally applied to every single university in London because I knew it had to be London. There was nowhere else in the world I wanted to be. And, you know, it's just, for me, that magical place. I just love it. It is my home. I'm not from here. I'm very proud of where I come from. I'm very proud to be Welsh. But in the same way that you, Joe, London has been my adopted city. It's my home city. When I, if, going back to your initial point, Rachel, I very much, when people say, where are you from? I say, well, I'm not from London, but I, I, I feel like I am. This is where I belong. So I believe that sometimes... You know, it can be a bit of a lottery. Where you're born is just a bit of a lottery. You can be born anywhere, but it doesn't necessarily mean that's where you're meant to be. So in a weird way, I kind of agree with what you're saying. Mm. Just because you were born in one place doesn't mean that's where you're supposed to spend the rest of your life, you know? Um, But I love it. And, you know, when I go away on holiday, I enjoy holidays, but I never stand to come home. I love coming back to London. So it's quite interesting, I guess. Do you not have that pull then with London so much anymore? Or Um, do you have it as much as with Paris or Germany and and now Sweden? 
my so my parents like my mum's from Austria my dad's from Malaysia so I grew up with a very mixed home um, especially it was in the 80s you know all my friends were eating chips and chicken nuggets and I got like beef rendang curry and schnitzel <laughs> and like all these things and like nice. <laughs> and I just wanted chips and chicken nuggets or fish fingers but I had all this international food which kids nowadays eat but back in the 80s it was something very different and um, so I've lived in so many different places so for me to go live in another city it's it's not anything unusual um, and I always feel like I've always got London when I moved to Paris I was like I was like well if it doesn't work out in Paris I can go back to London you know um, and with Sweden right now it works it's great if you're like I mean my husband took nine months parental leave last year Wow! so it was paid you get 480 days between parents to use how you want. Um, Well, and I think you've touched on something there that's very interesting. I think more and more people are actually becoming disenchanted with London Mm. because it's so expensive Mm. and it's so hard. It's not the same city that I came to and I could afford a modest rent and I could still have the odd night out. And I worry about London in Mm. that way. I worry what's going to happen when people's eyes are open to, well, if I go here, my husband can have paid paternity yeah. leave if I go there I can earn more than a minimum wage I if I go there I can afford to live in the city yeah not that's true miles and miles out of it I, I worry about us mm. I mean I think London's always going to be London there's always going to be a draw I, I, I don't know well, but I, I, I think energy... other, other cities are yeah. springing up as second cities yeah. out, out of necessity yeah and I think that there's I think in the next 10 years I think it might look very different I mean I get asked all the time being English and in Sweden about Brexit. No, I bet. And they were like, well, what's going to happen? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> like, no one does know. <laughs> yeah. How much do you hate talking about Brexit? Because there's no, because th- there's no, there's no fathomable way yeah, to explain it exactly. even to yourself. Well, you know my yeah. new theory is I think that they should run a second referendum and the question should be do you wish you'd never heard the word Brexit? <laughs> yeah. Yes or no? Because like I genuinely 100%. think if yeah, most yeah. people now ask could you just go back to a world where you'd never heard of it exactly. as, uh, this word or this option yeah. and we'll just forget all about it I genuinely think because I don't think And you know who'd be voting yes on that is Theresa May yes. yeah. sobbing into, a, into her ballot paper. I, think, yeah. I hate to say it I mean apathy is what got us into this mess in the first place but now I think people are so over it. Yeah. Yeah. They don't care. It's like a because it's just, just you know just dragging on. Yeah. But yeah, I get that all the time oh. in in Sweden. You know what's going on? I'm like, oh, it's I know. Rob us. I know. <laughs> yeah. moved to Sweden. Yeah, exactly. In a way, it's nice to know that, that people still care. Yeah, I suppose. No. it's not just an obsession that we have here. Yeah. The other thing I wanted to say was like you saying, you know, well if I don't if I go to Paris and it doesn't work out, I'll come back. I think a lot of people stay rooted to decisions to stay in various places because they think making a, a big decision like that is the final decision in their life. And if it goes wrong, it goes wrong catastrophically going forward when you can always come back. Yeah. Same with jobs yeah. nowadays. People yeah. don't have a job for the rest of their life. So I think we have so much flexibility and actually it can be overwhelming mm. because you're like, well, should I live here? Should I live there? Mm. And you're like, oh, but if I move there, the grass is always greener. And... You've got to choose a path and just yeah. try it out. Exactly. That's what I did. And also, and look I, at me now. Yeah. But also, I, I hate to say it, but you know, you came here, Joe, at a time where there was no FaceTime, there was no internet, you know, there's no email, mm. you know. I mean, I do think we have become a lot more global. You know, you can essentially really be anywhere and still see each other, can't you? I mean, do you find that well, a saving grace for you and your family? You know? Yeah, my parents live in Austria. I live in Sweden. Um, I work in London most of the time so all this kind of 
online working is amazing with yeah. Skype and all that technology. Uh, Skype was is Swedish. Oh, is it? Yeah, it was um, founded by. But come Swedish. on, Eric. Nothing they can't do. Meatballs. Volvos, ever, <laughs> and, Skype. and Skype. I mean, what else do you need? Well, look, I was going to say, what, the, what is the one thing you miss about London? Like, is, is there, like, one it's thing... It's the energy. Really? And the diversity. Yeah. Because Stockholm is a very small city, yeah. um, and it doesn't have the vibrancy and diversity that London has, But which, at the same time, I really embrace because it's nice to have that easygoing pace mm. and all the green space, especially if you've got kids, you kind of really enjoy having that extra yeah. space um, but I think as well it's, it's not even just about London like you know you could go to Edinburgh you go to Glasgow yeah. like you know even Belfast and Cardiff I mean so many of the UK cities now the big UK cities are very diverse they're mm. very fun they've got great culture and I think that's the thing you can't forget and that's why I guess things like Brexit are a bit of a a weird thing because it, it makes you forget that this is actually a great country that mm. is all about diversity and and you know we are culturally rich and diverse yes. and that's why I then get a bit... Because, you know, people tend to then be really down on this country or down on London. And, and I just think, well, you know what? You do forget, you know, it's actually a pretty good place to be in terms of, like, your civil liberties. And, you know, you go to but some places in the world and it's actually quite scary. That's why the wedding was oh. amazing. I was watching that from Sweden. My mother-in-law, everybody's watching yeah. it. And they were, like, so excited. These Swedes were so excited yeah. about the royal wedding. Royal wedding. The royal wedding, the World Cup performance, yeah. and now Mamma Mia 2. Okay. Basically, <laughs> we need these things in the UK just to basically sort of do out the sort of, you know, Brexit misery. And we also need nice food and particularly nice cakes. We do. And With so Rachel. for that, Rachel, we thank you. <laughs> we thank Bring you. Bringing these into our world. <laughs> yes. Lovely, lovely, smiling Rachel and her lovely smiley cakes. Yes, um, thank you. But thank you for joining us, Rachel. Pleasure. It's been always. a pleasure. Come every week. Yes. I'll bring more cakes and more pre-diabetic friendly cakes. That could be your next cookbook. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no do, bring out, do, bring, do check out The Little Swedish Kitchen and Rachel at Instagram if you're not one of her bazillion followers yes. already. At Rachel Kooks. K-H-O-O-K-S. Embarrassing. I love it. I see what you did there. We like what you did there. Anyway, good luck with the book, Rachel. Thank you very much. Thanks again for joining us. Take care. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.